It's January 16th, and the whole world has its eyes once again on Haiti, the poorest country in the Americas. Once again, the courage of the Haitian people has been tested. Last Tuesday, an earthquake registering a magnitude 7 hit the island nation, the most violent earthquake to hit the country in a hundred years. It is estimated that more than 3 million people have been affected and the death toll has been estimated at over 100,000. I can't say that I know a lot about Haiti, despite the large Haitian community in Canada, most of them in Montreal. I don't know many Haitians, but I do know that Haiti has had a history fraught with struggle. The island was colonized by the Spanish. Christopher Columbus first stumbled upon it, but the French settled on the western half of the island, what is now Haiti. Haiti became the first black republic in 1804 after over half a million slaves revolted against their French masters and Haiti declared its independence from France. Apparently, Napoleon was not happy with the independence and with the support of the United States, a fine was placed on the new government to pay back to France for their loss. Of course, this debt has now been cancelled, but the country has been in debt ever since. In 1915, the United States invaded and stayed for almost two decades, and since then, the country has had its fair share of heads of state. The one most of us remember probably is Papa Doc Duvalier, who, with his Tonton Makut militia, exerted an iron fist. He was succeeded by his son, Baby Doc, who was eventually forced into exile in 1986. But things are not necessarily better. There have been other dictators and many coup d'etats as the nation tries to get its footing. About 9,000 United Nations peacekeepers have been helping maintain the peace since 2004. And this week, as the whole country's infrastructure has been devastated with thousands of dead and many more injured and left homeless, we extend our thoughts and prayers to our brothers and sisters of Haiti, and may the world not forget the plight of the Haitian people. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Christian Matrenko. Chris, we've had a busy week here at Salt and Light, and I expect you'll be telling us a bit about that later. Yes, two ordinations this week, which we filmed for Salt and Light, which are airing this weekend, and we had live streaming. And uh, yeah, we'll be speaking about that a little bit later. And Chris, I know, I know that you're not married, not yet, but uh, we'll be speaking with someone who can definitely help you with your marriage when you're ready for that. Well, I guess I should be taking notes. You should be taking notes. We're going to be talking to John Kuypers. He's an inspirational speaker and author. And uh, he'll be telling us about his uh, who's driving uh, philosophy. Very interesting uh, to help couples communicate better and solve conflict, not just in marriage, because this is actually uh, quite helpful communication in any relationship, Chris. Like like ours, Pedro. Yes. Complex. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. need, we need to communicate better. Mm-hmm. Um, and as always, Mary Rose will be back uh, with us. She'll be helping us find something inspiring to do this coming week. But before all that, we have a song, as usual. Our featured artist today is a man in black, Father Tim Devine, 
who has been making music with his brother Matt since they were kids. Here they are with the title track of their album, Not Ordinary. That was Not Ordinary by the Divine Brothers. We'll be speaking with Father Tim Divine a little later on. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org. And our blog can be found at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. My name is Pedro. And Mary Rose Bacani is now here with me. Mary Rose, you were also involved in these ordinations this, uh, this last week in London. Yes, that's true, and not only me, but you, because uh, the two of us were privileged enough to bring up the mitre on behalf of Salt and Light Television uh, to Bishop Bill McGrath. So it's one of the 
three Episcopal symbols that, uh, that were brought up. And that was special to me, not only because I was bringing up the mitre, but because um, Bishop Bill is an old friend of Salt and Light and also a for, for, for both of us. For us, yes. Um, we've done a few programs with him and he's shown time and again um, his interest in reaching young people. Um, that's, that's what I heard too from the people I, I interviewed there. Yes. That he's very youthful. He loves the seminaries, the St. Peter's Seminary, and he will miss them. But I know for sure that he will make sure that he reaches the young people again here in the Archdiocese of Toronto. And I'm also very impressed with the work he's done with um, the Catholic Institute for uh, the Institute for Catholic Formation there in London. In London. Um, the Foundation Board, making sure that that priests have their proper training and formation. So I know it's really important for him um, to have good priests, to have good families where vocations come from. So I'm very excited, was very happy to be there and uh, looking forward to seeing him work with us here in the Archdiocese. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was just going to say, I'm glad that uh, we didn't trip bringing <laughs> up the mitre. Um, it was very, very exciting to be there, very emotional. And, and I also had forgotten that Father Bishop, Bill McGratton has been a guest on Salt and Light Radio. He's been on the program. We had him uh, talking about uh, some moral theology issue. Um, <laughs> so uh, hopefully we can have him again. Anyway, so what's happening uh, that people should know about, Mary Rose? Yes, well, there are a few things happening next week. Um, in Vancouver, the Archdiocese of Vancouver has a Freedom Conference going on, and that's mm -hmm. from uh, Friday, January 22nd to Sunday, January 24th. Now, it sounded like a bit of self-help, you know, I want to have the freedom to do these things, but it's actually more of a transforming your lives kind of conference, but on a from uh, using a spiritual foundation. Okay. And um, because they go back to Christ in the Eucharist, theology of the body, fostering deep human relationships, and their slogan is healing hearts, restoring life. Now, this weekend-long conference is going to be held at St. Anne's Parish in Abbotsford. And it's presented by Jake and Heather Kim, or Kim, of Life Restoration, along with their team of priests, musicians, and prayer ministers. And to find out more about the group Life Restoration, please go to their website, www.liferestoration.ca. Now in Edmonton, and this is across the, the world actually, uh, the whole world, is going to be celebrating the Week of Prayer for Christian Unity. Now in uh, parishes across Canada, this is from the 18th to the 25th of January, that's what it says on the um, CCCV website. But some parishes are going up to the 31st. So this year, the passage that they're focusing on for this week of prayer for Christian unity is you are witnesses of these things. That's taken from Luke 24, 48. Now in Edmonton, every year, the Edmonton and District Council of Churches usually organize an ecumenical celebration for all of the Christian parishes with a different Christian church hosting every year. So this year, the first Presbyterian church is hosting and the Week of Prayer for Christian Unity will kick off on Sunday, January 17th at 7 p.m. at the First Presbyterian Church in Edmonton. And so you can check the website for the Archdiocese of Edmonton for more details. Now, Regina. The Archdiocese of Regina reminds you that the church is there for you, even when you're going through a separation or a divorce. So this is going to be Divorce Care Week 2, already of a 13-week seminar series. Um, on January 18th, Resurrection Parish invites you to come and watch a DVD series featuring stories of real people struggling with the same problems and the group discusses how to begin the process of healing from the pain of divorce. So that's on January 18th from 7 to 8.15 p.m. at Resurrection Parish and to register call the parish office at 352-0800. Now Saskatoon, the Diocese of Saskatoon is also actively participating in the Week of Prayer for Christian Unity. 
The diocese invites you to come to Mayfair United Church on Sunday, January 17th at 3 p.m. for the opening service with speaker Reverend Tony Bidgood. Now, each day of the week will be spent at a different church, United, Anglican, Lutheran, Presbyterian, even Mennonite, and Catholic, with anywhere from a prayer service to a music fest. So all the events take place till January 24th. Well, thank you very much, Mary Rose. Mary Rose Bacani is our Salt and Light Radio event specialist, and she's going to be back at the end of the show with uh, some more events uh, for the rest of the country. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel. She will be back at the end of the show with uh, more events for the rest of the country. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel and on the internet at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. I'm Chris Dimitrenko. Pedro, we had two big ordinations this week for the Archdiocese of Toronto, streaming them live on the internet. The first was Bishop William McGrattan. This was in London, Ontario, the former rector of St. Peter's Seminary in London. But there was another ordination the following day, also uh, as a new auxiliary bishop of Toronto. It was for Bishop Vincent Nguyen. And he began his remarks by saying, Once in a while, the Lord takes delight in throwing a curveball at us. Mm -hmm. And this was an apt description of his rapid rise as Canada's youngest bishop at 43 years. But it also characterizes the dramatic history of his family. Uh, one of his, his distant relatives, I guess a great-great-great-grandfather, I believe? No, yeah. just great-great-grandfather, <laughs> was a martyr. One he was one of the 100,000 martyrs, uh, Catholic martyrs in Vietnam, mm -hmm. uh, died for his faith. Uh, Bishop Nguyen himself is a refugee. He ended up uh, having to flee communist Vietnam by boat, uh, a journey that, that many of his compatriots did not survive to be able to make it to Canada. And uh, and it was a very big moment, not just for the, the local church here, there's a very large Vietnamese Catholic community, but uh, also for his family. And I spoke with him after the Mass and, and, he, and he shared this with us. All of my brothers and sisters are here with me in the church today. Oh, it's, it's, this is the first time in 30 years, nine of us have been together. Uh, in one place. So it's, it's, it's wonderful to have all the brothers and sisters to be here with me, to pray for me and, and, and um, celebrate with me. Okay. As the first ever Asian Canadian bishop, Vincent Nguyen embodies the growing multi multicultural reality of the Canadian church and particularly, Pedro, the vitality of this Vietnamese Catholic community in Toronto. The Archdiocese was on the end of its own curveball as uh, it was inundated by filming requests by nearly all the major local and national news media, all sharing a very positive story. And uh, following some very painful developments in 2009, the Canadian church begins the new year on uh, a very hopeful note. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I was quite moved actually uh, during the, that ordination because of the secular media. Mm -hmm. that there was so much attention and so much interest. I think I counted 11 photographers from, from newspapers, and I think I heard that there were 32 in total uh, from news outlets, TV, and radio as well. So that was quite uh, inspiring. And, and certainly our, our listeners can find some of those, those great articles online, particularly from the Globe and Mail and the CBC, uh, the National. They had an excellent story as well. Yes. Uh, you can do a search for his name. Nguyen is spelled, by the way. N-G-U-Y-E-N. Yes, excellent. So that is uh, something that we're very happy about. Uh, 
great moment for the church in Canada. Thank you, Chris. So Chris will return in about 30 minutes to give us some details as to how the church has been responding to the situation in Haiti. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. Everyone knows that conflict happens in every relationship, especially in marriage, and that communication is integral to the health of a marriage and also to helping resolve or avoid conflict in marriages. Today, we're very blessed to have with us someone who has dedicated his life to helping people with these kinds of problems. John Kuypers is a speaker and teacher on the topics of power, authority, and control in personal and professional relationships. I first met John when his second book came out, The Non-Judgmental Christian. It's a book uh, with the message of focusing on the present and of being non-judgmental, something that definitely helps in relationships. John, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you, Pedro. It's nice to be here. Yes, nice to have you. So I was looking at... uh, at your website just the other day um, and I saw this big thing that said the marriage dilemma um, so what is this 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 uh, a couple's dilemma or every couple's dilemma what, what is that well basically it's a recognition that uh, marriage in itself is a dilemma that no matter how you slice it on a given issue only one partner in the marriage can be in control at a time but the other one is affected so there's a never-ending sense of, well, if one wins, the other one loses, and if one is losing, wins, and the other one loses, and you can't both win. So the dilemma has to do with that uh, power struggle? Is, is that fair to call it that? that well, it's certainly what causes uh, the power struggle to occur, because there's conflicting, just like when you're driving a car, and I use the analogy of a, of a car and a passenger that even though there's someone at the wheel, he can't both be at the wheel, but certainly the passenger is affected by how the driver drives. So the essential question becomes, well, who's really in control? Is it the person with their hands on the wheel, or is it the, is it the front seat driver, or is it the back, the back seat, seat driver? driver. Sometimes, sometimes it's the back seat driver. Um, l- can we back up for a little bit? Because I, I did say that you've dedicated your life uh, to this, and maybe that's not entirely true. I know that you're not just talking about ideas, because you've lived through this. Um, well, very true. You Can you tell us a little bit about what contributed to the breakup of your first marriage? Well, I think the in a, in a simple way it was the inability, now that I have the benefit of hindsight, the inability <laughs> to resolve the dilemmas that were in our marriage. Uh, there were a variety of things. Some are foundational, like uh, she didn't want to have children. I did want to have children. Okay, yeah. You know, she did want to continue a certain uh, kind of... Uh, corporate uh, lifestyle, I wanted to kind of return a little bit to my roots, which is uh, kind of a farming, uh, rural background. Um, and there were a variety of things of that nature that were found, that, you know, that are sort of part of the foundation. Right. In addition, however, there are also day-to-day things that are also dilemmas about how things get done. And again, uh, if couples don't resolve them, what ends up happening is the loser, if you will, and I, I felt like I was losing, um, becomes resentful and at some point in time that resentment can bubble up and in my case it did bubble up and blow up right uh, to the point where i wanted out of the marriage okay so so just maybe to to be clear i'm glad i'm glad you you mentioned the other issues because there are some issues that would you say 
couples should maybe sort out before they get married things like do you want to have kids do you want to live here do you want to live in a big city or, or rural community but then there are other issues that no matter how perfect the communication is there's the dilemma still there sometimes there's there's give and sometimes there's take is, is that fair to say absolutely inevitably because it's a dilemma there is no way you can both win on many of these issues um so as a result someone has to so the solution to the dilemma has uh, that has worked very well for me in my second marriage, which is now nearly ten years old, right. um, has been to just be honest and upfront that someone's got to have control of a given issue, and that control doesn't mean absolute. That there's in fact a range of power and authority. Uh, in fact, uh, coming out of the business leadership work that I do, I've developed this tool, um, which I call Who's the Driver, and right. the notion that there are seven kinds of drivers that have different levels of power and authority. If couples can agree on the nature of the driver passenger relationship, then amazingly things start to get resolved and on track and, and a positive feeling returns to the marriage. Okay, I want to get some details of, about that, but just a note for anyone joining the program at this time. If you're listening to Salt and Light Radio, my name is Pedro, and we're talking about marriage relationships and, and, and uh, resolving conflict and communication in marriages uh, with John Kuypers. Um, so maybe, John, with, with, with an example, because I think the example certainly helped me understand this concept of who's driving, because um, you also refer to it as near and far. And, and sometimes uh, I might be near to an issue and my wife might be far from the issue, and maybe that's the way to decide. Can you explain that a little bit But while yeah, you're giving us a concrete example? Basically, you know, power and control uh, is a complex topic, and so these, these language tools um, are helpful ways to clarify it so that couples, again, actually resolve the issue rather than get caught up in the frustration that it isn't resolved. Right. Um, so before I answer your question, I do want to anchor that in, okay, yes. in the Lord's teaching, uh-huh. which is heavily anchored in Matthew 7, 1, do not judge or you will be judged. Uh-huh. The way you judge, you will be judged, and the measure you use will be measured to you. Right. And so couples use judgments to try and control and push, if you will, each other into doing it their way. So what happens when you're unsuccessful at resolving an issue is this vicious cycle begins. Jesus is very clear that it is a boomerang cycle. You do it, it's coming right back at you, and the more you do it, the more it's coming back. Okay. So that's really important to yeah. understand that that this thing spins negatively if you're unsuccessful, and that's why divorce ultimately happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The positive solution is to understand that all of these issues are a dilemma, and to stay focused on the issue itself. So, for example, there was a situation that occurred where my wife and I got married, we moved into the house, it had a very large living room, but didn't have an office, so I just put my office in the living room, and after a while, she didn't like that because I needed to keep my level down a bit in order mm-hmm. to do my work, so, but I was really liking the openness of it, and I had a lovely view and so forth, and from her point of view, it was intruding into the living space, Yeah. And so there's a very ordinary, everyday issue yes. that became quite a quite a significant battle between us. Really? Um, because I didn't want to budge and neither did she. And okay. of course these things, some, 
they, it doesn't take long for them to become bigger than the issue itself, which is to build a wall or not to build a wall. Right. It becomes rooted in, well, you're you're pushing me away. Well, you're crowding my space. Well, you always get your way. Well, no, I always get my way. Uh-huh. Uh, and so then the judgmental cycle kicks in and the issue itself gets lost. Uh-huh. Does that help? Yeah, so, so how did you resolve it then? How... Not that you build a wall, that's not, but how did you, in terms of who's driving, when it comes to your living space, for example, um, is that something that both of you need to come together because it's important for both of you, or is it something that you were able to say, well, you know what, when it comes to living space, you're the driver because that's not as important to me, but when it comes to my office space, I'm the driver. Yeah, well, that's a perfect example of why it's a dilemma. It's my office space and my my work situation so I feel like you know I should be the driver and then from her point of view it's well but myself and the kids we all got to live here and your your need to, to keep the noise down a little and so on uh, intrudes in our side so who's the driver it becomes very difficult now are you suggesting then that couples sit down methodically and say okay uh, child rearing who's the driver <laughs> money who's the driver cooking who's the driver <laughs> it sounds funny, doesn't it? It does. But you know what? It, it, in, a, in a simple way, that is how it works. The, 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 the more full answer is that it works at three levels. There's situational, in-the-moment things where you can just say, well, I'm, I'm filling the, the dishwasher, and you know, and if my wife tries to tell me how to do it, I can say, listen, I'm driving this, so you know, just leave me alone. And, and, and it becomes friendly language. That's one of the biggest benefits. Okay. It's not an attack. It's friendly language. It's just, hey, yeah. you know what? On this one, I'm driving. And so, you know, do you mind just letting me fill the dishwasher however I feel like filling it? Yeah. And usually, you know, your partner, if she doesn't take it personally or he take it personally, then, uh, you know, the issue quickly gets resolved. Yeah. There are structural ones as well. And, and it doesn't, structural doesn't mean you're down into the micro of each and every little, you know, dishwasher loading. Yeah. But rather in the bigger picture of who owns cooking, who owns cleaning, who owns, you know, driving the kids to this particular yeah. activity. Yeah, yeah, okay. And those are where there's big benefits to that, as well as the ability to be flexible. Uh-huh. Like, I'm normally the driver, but something's come up. Do you mind taking the, the wheel? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, sure, I could do that. Yeah. And again, it's not... It's the biggest benefit of this is it depersonalizes all the sh- the power shifts in order yeah. to just recognize yeah. that you know there's a little obstacle in front of us, so let's let's figure out a way to get get it resolved. And, and there might be some things where both of you need to be the drivers, and you know, like if you're buying a house, for example, that's, yeah. that's something that you need to probably both um, very collaborative. Yeah, yeah, exactly. John, this is really fascinating, but we're out of time, wow. um, so I feel like we need to come back to it. And uh, I know that we've talked about doing something for television, so maybe that's that's uh, certainly something that our listeners can can uh, put in the back of their of their hat there to to tune in, uh, and and certainly we can probably have you on the show again. Um, but this has been really interesting. I hope it's been enough to get uh, our listeners interested enough to go to your website and find out more. I and just want to perhaps have you repeat the website. Just yeah, no, I will, and I, I'll give it at the end. It's presentliving.com. Um, but I'll, I'll give that all information uh, uh, in, in, in a second. So thank you very much. You're welcome, and, Andrew. And My pleasure. God yeah, bless you, you and your work. You too. Uh, John Kuypers is the author of two books. He's a veteran speaker to a wide variety of audiences, corporate groups, not-for-profit groups, 
uh, financial advisors, church groups. If you'd like to contact him to learn more about his work or to book him for a workshop or attend one of his workshops, his website again is presentliving.com, presentliving.com. And don't forget about us. You can write to us and tell us, tell us what you think. How has better communication helped your marriage? Radio at saltandlighttv.org. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Divine, with their song, Psalm 67, Let the Peoples Praise You.
That was Divine with Psalm 67, Let the Peoples Praise You, from their album, Not Ordinary. And we'll be speaking with Father Tim Divine in about five minutes. But first, here back with us is Chris to tell us all about this tragic news that uh, came is coming from uh, Haiti this, this week. Chris, uh, any updates as to how the church has been responding to the situation? Well, well, Pedro, um, we all know about the earthquake on January 12th. And the church, right from the top to the very local level, um, has been, been trying to, to issue a very forceful response to get everyone mobilized to, to help out that, that nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pope on uh, the 13th, at the end of his general audience, um, was giving assurances of his spiritual closeness and his prayers for the victims of the catastrophe. And uh, he's appealing to the generosity of all people uh, quote, so that these brothers and sisters who are experiencing a moment of need and suffering may not lack our concrete solidarity and the effective support of the international community. He went on to say that the Catholic Church will not fail to move immediately through her charitable institutions. And uh, nationally, the different bishops' conferences uh, have been directing uh, Catholics to uh, two different agencies who are able to give that concrete solidarity. Um, one of those is Catholic Relief Services in the United States. There was a letter by Cardinal Francis George, who was the president of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, and Archbishop Timothy Dolan, who is the chairman of Catholic Relief, Relief Services. And of course, he's also the Archbishop of New York. And they sent a letter to their bishops uh, urging them to take a uh, uh, to ask their pastors to make a second collection for the people and church of Haiti. Also, Catholic Relief Services uh, has committed an initial $5 million to fund relief efforts. Now, in Canada, um, the president of our Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops, Pierre Morissette, Bishop of St. Jerome, he also sent out a letter uh, urging people to give towards uh, the Canadian Catholic Organization for Development and Peace, with whom the bishops are launching a joint emergency campaign for Haiti. They're beginning by immediately sending $50,000 in emergency assistance, but they will also be doing special parish collections so that they can raise funds. And um, also, uh, it was worth noting the the address by uh, Mikhail Jean, who is our governor general, who is is, uh, officially our head of state, the representative of the Queen in Canada, who is of Haitian descent, and she gave an address on on uh, on television, speaking about her her sleepless night as she was trying to contact friends and family members who were still missing. And um, she said that she was not able to to reach a lot of them because of all the the failed phone lines. So this is something that you know so many uh, Haitian Canadians are experiencing, and uh, the anguish of not being able to know the the, the state of of. Um, uh, of their, their loved ones here. She said that it's as if an atomic bomb had fallen over Port-au-Prince. People are stuck in the rubble and there is nothing to help people out. Hospitals, schools destroyed. People are in the street with nothing. And uh, she said in Creole, women and men of Haiti, we must not lose hope. Mm-hmm. We are known for our strength and resilience and need to stand courageously before this challenge that is affecting us again. So everyone must rebuild, including the church, their own archbishop, um, Joseph Serge Miot, uh, the Archbishop of Port-au-Prince. I hope I pronounced that right. He was killed. And also the 
uh, the person who would ordinarily be there to to take his place, and, and particularly in a crisis situation like this. Uh, the Vicar General also, uh, we learned just recently, also died. Uh, Sigurano Benoit was also killed in the earthquake, so I don't know uh, uh, who after that becomes the person uh, to, to lead the faithful in this time when they, they definitely need direction. They certainly do. Very Thank you, Chris. Very, mm-hmm. uh, very sad. Um, I, I said in my opening commentary that our thoughts and prayers are with our brothers and sisters in Haiti, and, and I know that it's important to, the relief work is important, and they need money, and we need to get involved as much as we can, but we shouldn't forget to pray, because prayer... Mm. Um, prayer can be the foundation that that will help the country rebuild. So, so uh, thank you so much, Chris, for that. And we'll uh, we'll stay on top of the situation in Haiti in the weeks to come. Mm-hmm. Chris Dimitrenko is our Salt and Light Radio News producer. Hi, this is Dennis Grady, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. Almost seven years ago, I met Matt and Tim Devine. They were part of the Catholic rock group Critical Mass. When I met them, I met two very talented musicians and composers, but I also met two brothers who loved Jesus and who were committed to service to Him and to the Church. And if I learned anything, I learned that they are anything but ordinary. I spoke to Father Tim Devine last December. Tim, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you very much, Pedro. I, I need to get still get used to calling you Father Tim. That's all right. But you've been a priest for six years, so you think I'd I'd, I'd get with it, eh? You know, some people call me Father Time, though. But <laughs> that's a whole other thing. I don't yeah. know. Um, the I, I, the name "Not Ordinary." I want to start there because that's your album, "Not Ordinary." It's a great song. Um, we actually already listened to it in the program. Where does that come from? The song comes out of the. Uh, mind of my brother who was just really trying to you know, write a song with uh, you know, um, just some lyrics that really expressed how unique we are as Christians just by the grace that's been given to us and that's when I think we find uh, you know we just got to blend into live an ordinary life and really stop and think about it it's the idea that really if we you know, God living within us in the temples of the Holy Spirit we're not ordinary at all we're, we're clear of the call from God in our life and so it's just a uh, so it's been an exciting song to, to write and to, to perform. So we're not we're not ordinary, meaning that we're special and unique, in, in because we're created by God. Right. Right. Um, so you and your brother Matt, you guys play music. You, you Tim, you play the keyboard, and Matt plays the guitar mostly. Uh, I'm sure you, there are other instruments there that I don't know that you play, but it 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 makes me think that you grew up in a musical. Actually, I know you grew up in a musical household because I know your dad. But so, what was it like growing up in the Divine household? Well, it was always uh, with my dad playing the guitar and singing, even when we were little kids, and um, you know, at uh, doing dishes and singing <laughs> while we're doing that, and the family being over. Lots of people like to sing a lot, and so uh, uh, it always in the children's choirs at school and at the yeah. church and so I think through through the years it was always uh, fun to have music going but it was really uh, me who took it to another level by in, uh, getting into piano because we were more of a guitar and singing family and okay. uh, my brother and I were learning guitar from my dad and apparently I was doing a little bit better than my brother and he was getting frustrated because he's an older brother so he should be doing better than me right and uh, and so I said hey dad how about maybe 
uh, I learned a different instrument, and then that way we could play together. Okay. And my dad thought that was great, so we got some piano lessons going, and I kind of took it from there, and then it really paid off in the end. Well, let me just make this note at this point now, because I haven't mentioned it, and, and, and people are listening to it. They can't see you. You are visually impaired. Yes, I am. So how did that... How, why piano? <laughs> yeah, I just, I guess, you know, I did. I wasn't thinking straight. I just, thought <laughs> <laughs> I thought of something. What's, what's another instrument I know that's not the guitar, the piano? Um, and you know, it really was uh, difficult because there was obviously all the notes to read, and my dad uh, knew how to do some sight reading because he also played the clarinet a little bit in high school. Okay. And so he was able to uh, learn the music himself and, and poke at it, poke it out in there. And, uh, and, I, and then I just learned by him basically repeating and memorizing what my dad was doing. And then once it got to about grade three piano, it got a little bit too uh, intense uh-huh. for my dad. And so I had to switch gears and switch over to more uh, jazz piano, which is more feeling, chord based. Right. And, uh, and so just by learning my scales and triads, the rest of it was learning just how to improvise with that. And that's where I was able to be, uh, not be too intimidated. That's right, because you, you obviously can't read the music you have to feel your way through the piano so you can play by ear um um what was it like growing up in terms of of uh, your involvement in church well most years it was pretty much just going to church on sundays uh, yeah and then trying to get involved in, in different youth group events when we were a little older um the odd retreat here and there in high school but really it was uh you know it was it wasn't that we did anything extra in our devotionals uh, but it just—it was just open. It was just there was a freedom to talk about it. It wasn't really until it was forced on us. It was just uh, the naturality to our religious expression, and and but then through that, just getting started, getting more into some other things like later on uh, the devotionals of you know we're trying to do daily mass and rosary and those kind of things. A little later, uh, late high school, early university, and but right. up until that point, it was pretty much just you no, know, just. Sunday Mass, and yeah, we, you know, uh, but it was definitely just really free to talk about God and talk about the saints, and talk about all the things that are Catholic in my home uh, without really a right. big deal. So it was normal. It was well, ordinary. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was ordinary, but I realized it was not ordinary compared to all my other neighbors. <laughs> exactly. Um, just a note for anyone joining the program right now. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro, and we're speaking with Father Tim Devine. Uh, he's our featured artist of the of, of the week. He and his brother Matt are part of the group Divine. Um, I was going to ask you, um, because uh, uh, a couple years ago I actually was talking to your brother Matt about you uh, going into the seminary. And he told me that for him that sort of, he felt like that came out of the, out of the blue. Um, but obviously the, those things don't happen out of the blue. So for you growing up where Catholicism and church is something that's normal, were some of these ideas, in terms of vocation, that calling kind of in your heart from a long time when you were younger? Certainly, I'd always thought it'd be uh, nice to be a priest, you know. But but I just figured I couldn't. No one told me that because I was blind, I couldn't, uh, you know, be a priest. Right. But I just sort of made that decision on my own, I guess. And and then I just pursued um, psychology in University of Waterloo for three years. And um, ecology. Uh, sorry, psychology. Oh, psychology. Okay, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, so for me, uh, it was it was something that I in university I realized. You know, I'm really honest with myself. Who am I kidding, man? I'd love to be a priest, and, and with a more adult understanding of what I could and couldn't do uh, with my disability, I, I, I realized. You know what? I think I can at least 
go to seminary and try out the philosophy and theology program, and if it just really was too intense, so well, at least I, I tried, you know? Right. I just had to really, as much as I like psychology, I realized there's something in me that I really want to focus more on spirituality and where people are at, and, and I just felt that my life, uh, while I was kind of blending in, uh, even though I was Catholic, it was just doing what I was just thought, you know, when I read the lives of the saints, there's something so much more going on, and I wanted that. I wanted that sensation of just going for broke and just giving my life away and just started pondering those things more kind of started becoming like the sense of a, a call you know so yeah hear god's voice saying you know, go become a priest or whatever yeah, 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 i just yeah. thought hey i'd like i'd really this is something if i'm really honest with myself and who i am i think i at least owe it to myself to go for it to go for it happens. now during the time when you were in university and that's kind of i think the glory days of critical mass yeah. um music was this huge part of your life um, how did now you've been a priest now for six years, uh, six or seven, six years? Actually, seven now. Really, congratulations, mm-hmm. seven years. So, how does the music fit into your your uh, your your ministry now, your priestly ministry now? Yeah, like definitely. Uh, once I was ordained, I thought, oh no, like I, my role has shifted now. I'm I'm in the sanctuary now, not in the choir loft. You know, I, have yeah. to, I can't run back and forth, so I have to, uh, you know, um, shift gears. But in the, you know, outside of. Uh, you know, within liturgy, I'm able to obviously like work with the with the, with the parish, and I enjoy working with them. And I also enjoy, uh, uh, you know, on the off you know, chance with the youth ministry, other people to perf- play and perform music, or yeah. to, uh, you know, just be praise and worship or things like that. And so I really enjoy uh, doing that. But it's it's definitely, uh, I guess, taking a backseat compared to the, what I used to do. But it's always right. still I can't help myself. I'm still wanting to write and to play and. To, I guess you sit at the piano and uh, tinker anyway. You bet. Um, uh, Tim, it's been really good talking to you. I, I wanted to ask you just, just in closing, because I know that there's the one album, Not Ordinary, and it's I, I have to be honest with you, it's one of my favorite uh, Catholic artist albums. I, I love it. I listen to it all the time, and, and we've used some of your music for our show In Your Faith, So, I, and I think it works really well. Do you have any plans for any other? I know that you're in Ottawa, Matt's here in uh, Mississauga or in Brampton, and and uh, any plans for more music yeah we're we're sort of you know we we've experienced with previous recordings with critical mass and even with with the not ordinary album that we're we're surprised that those albums even exist (laughs) because we you know the things going on in our lives were still busy even then so i thought that uh you know this we're still matt and i are still plugging away we have Mm -hmm. a, a good core of songs on the go We've even uh, recorded three already, kind of, and they're sort of on the shelf. So we're hoping that, God willing, another miraculous uh, thing will happen and we'll, we'll be able to present something else in, in, in the future. Oh, good. So I'm looking forward to that because uh, you guys do good work, certainly. Um, so make sure you let me know so we can have you, maybe we can have both of you on the program and we can talk about that dead new album. Okay? Sounds great. That'd be great. So thank you so much, Tim. It's been a great, great pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Pedro. God bless you. You too. Thank you. That was a conversation I had last December with Father Tim Devine, a priest with the Companions of the Cross in Ottawa. He is also one half of the group Divine. The other half is his brother Matt. If you want to find out more about Divine, send us an email at radio at saltonlighttv.org. Here now is their song, and one of my favorites, Walk You Home. you need. 
That was Divine with Walk You Home. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org and our blog can be read at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. Now here again with me is Mary Rose. So where do we continue? Actually, I just wanted to mention, Pedro, because we talked about Bishop Bill's ordination. Yes. That I did write up a blog about my experience and I had a picture of us carrying the mitre yes and that's on the January 13th uh, blog entry on Salt and Light so so look for that okay so saltandlighttv.org slash blog yes January 13th 13th. there you go okay but we'll move on to the rest of the country okay so in Winnipeg the Archdiocese of Winnipeg is also big on this week of prayer for Christian unity Mm -hmm. so they're holding the Festival of Prayer 2010 from January 24th to 31st and the 2010 theme as we talked before is you are witnesses of these things and the Festival of Prayer will begin with a citywide ecumenical worship celebration at 7.30 p.m. on Sunday, January 24th at First Presbyterian Church in Winnipeg. And so for the rest of the week, you're invited to participate in various services celebrating the week of prayer for Christian unity. Check the Archdiocesan website for more details. 
Now in Toronto, one of your friends, um, Pedro, the internationally known jazz hip hop Franciscan priest father Stan Fortuna, is releasing his third book, You Got to Love, this month. And he'll be in Toronto for a presentation and book signing and reception on Saturday, January 23rd from 2 to 5 p.m. at Pauline Books and Media. And You Got to Love is a follow-up actually to, to Father Fortuna's first two books. You Got to Believe and You Got to Pray. Yes. Both published in 2001 and 2004 um, by Our Sunday Visitor and geared to more of a youth market. Yes. And so You Got to Love, uh, his third book, is an entertaining and insightful book for all ages, especially those interested in delving into the intricacies of love. Yeah, I'm hoping to be there. <laughs> so if you get to go to Pauline Books and Media on Saturday to see Father Stan, uh, look for me. Um, the other interesting tidbit about that book is... Uh, um, Stanislav Cardinal Jivic, yes. personal secretary of Pope John Paul II for 39 years, writes a foreword. And he says, You Got to Love is a practical and well-documented presentation of the gift and mystery of love. It's like a little school of love. Take this book and set the world on fire with love. So uh, that's a great uh, personality to have uh, yes. to write a foreword for yes, you in that nice. book. Now, the last event is, uh, the last place is Charlottetown. Now, the Diocese of Charlottetown is calling all adults in youth ministry for a weekend conference called the Canadian Catholic Youth Ministry Network National Conference, which takes place on January 22nd to 24th, and we've talked about this before. The keynote speaker is Jesuit priest and activist Father John Deere, and the weekend highlights include workshops on campus ministry, uh, mass, diocesan youth music group, and many more. The location of the conference is the Delta Prince Edward in Charlottetown, and the registration fee it's 350, but it includes all your sessions and meals. So go to your diocesan website, dioceseofcharlottetown.com, for more details. Well, thank you very much, Mary Rose. That's events for this coming week. And remember, if you want us to advertise your event, just let us know it's as easy as sending us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel. Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Mary Rose Bacani. Now we've been talking uh, quite a bit about the two ordinations that took place this week. And if you want to watch any of them, or both of them, Bishop McGratton's will air again tomorrow. It actually aired tonight, Saturday, but it's going to air again tomorrow, Sunday, January the 17th at 9 in the morning, that's Eastern Time. And Bishop Nguyen's will also air tomorrow, Sunday, January 17th at 8.30 p.m. All those times are Eastern. And if you're really interested, those ordinations will be available on DVD for sale. Just visit our website, saltandlighttv.org, uh, for more information. And tomorrow as well, Father Tom Rizika hosts Mr. Justice Peter Lowers on Witness. Yes, Mr. Lowers is a judge in the Superior Court of Ontario so that should be, it's a fascinating interview. So that's an all-new witness tomorrow with Father Tom Rosica, Sunday, January 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. And Pedro, you have a Catholic focus coming up. Yes, I do. This Wednesday, January the 20th, uh, be sure to tune in for Coming Home. It's a Catholic focus episode looking at the planning of funerals. Um, mm -hmm. Not something people like to think about, but mm -hmm. it's uh, something that we all have to face at some point. Yes, so, so that's Coming Home on Catholic Focus with host Pedro Guevara-Man at 7 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. And for more details about these programs or any other of our Salt and Light programs, 
visit our website, saltandlighttv.org. And remember that our blog can be found at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. And you can also join our fan page on Facebook. Yes, there are quite a bit of few people following us on up on Facebook, so uh, sign up. And my sister too. Oh, really? Good. <laughs> and need we say again, we love your comments and don't get enough of it. So write to us at radio at saltandlighttv.org. Thank you for being with us. I'm Mary Rose Bacani. And I'm Pedro. And this has been Salt and Light Radio. Salt and Light.